0: Hello and welcome to the summer series. I am so excited to present this collection of interviews that I've done over the past few months. And these are with some really amazing, inspiring women that have gone through several obstacles, whether it's their own personal health issues, uh, similar to like what I have or uh, what I have done, or maybe they've even experienced it through a loved one or circumstances with their, you know, employment, Um, all the things that have happened through COVID, which have changed a lot of our thinking of, you know, how we want to live our lives on a daily basis, what we want to focus on, um, you know, what inspires us, what lights us up, what do we want to do more of? And I hope that you'll really, really enjoy this series. I loved putting it together. Um, If you have questions or want to reach out personally to any of the women that I've interviewed, please do so. We've included their information in the links and enjoy. In today's interview with Sandra Lindholm, we talked a lot about how her journey from being a bedside register nurse to being her own boss was not really an easy one. It didn't happen, you know, seamlessly or without lots of obstacles. She is really just was a delight to sit down with and and share time with. I hope you'll find in this interview that she um, leaves like kind of nothing unsaid. She is very vulnerable about her own uh, personal struggles. And um, we talked a lot about the acceptance of chronic disease without it defining you as, um, you know, maybe you have, let's say, Lyme disease, but you that doesn't define you as, as a whole person. If you're someone that's been struggling with a chronic disease, or maybe even a new diagnosis of something that's not going away anytime soon, I hope you'll take a listen to this. Um, and if you're also thinking about, you know, what's next for you? I know as I approach turning 50 this year, I'm thinking a lot about know what is what is like the second act look like or maybe this is like my third act who knows um but but what does that look like and where where do we want to spend time and and what really makes us feel um like we're using all of the skills and and things that that we've learned over time to really help people as best as we can And, and sandra really um shares a lot about that with us so I hope you enjoy this interview. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you like the interview, please um, hop over to wherever you're listening, uh, whether it's on uh, Apple podcasts or uh, Spotify and leave us a review. You could send us a message Um, reviews really help us to get this podcast known more. If you find this summer series with these women to be just fantastic, if you'd like to share it on uh, social media or even just shoot me a message on Instagram and let me know your uh, thoughts, I would love to hear back from you and enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to the Functionally Fit Podcast. I'm Jen Rice. And today, I have the pleasure of having a guest that um, I've known for probably quite a few months now. We actually recently did a, um, like a woman's program together, which was all about business and um, connecting and finding our true purpose and calling. And, And it was a really great experience because I don't know if we would have met otherwise. And she is joining us from Finland. And that is some, a country that has been on my list to go to, hopefully post um, all the pandemic, maybe I'll actually make it there. And now I have a new friend there too. So this is Sandra Lindholm and welcome Sandra. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you, Jen, for having me here for this opportunity. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so um, we connected a bit too because Sandra has a great story about She was a nurse for over a dozen years and, you know, critical care, family medicine, general surgery. She was taking care of patients, you know, doing, doing the job of, um, you know, taking care of others and was making a great living and had like all the things as far as, you know, she was telling me they have this, you know, beautiful home. She was having children. And I wanted her to share with us a little bit of how her life took such a big pivot. Uh, Her story is one I think that may resonate with some people. Hopefully, though, what we're trying to do also is maybe not hit such a a big bump in general before we make changes, but her bump was pretty big. So if you don't mind just kind of sharing with everyone where you were and what was going on at the time and, um, and, and then what happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was working as a nurse and, uh, well, actually, when this happened, um, I got it. What actually happened was uh, I got sick with um, also um, with IBD, um, with colitis, ulcerative colitis in Mm -hmm. English. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So and it was um, it began with the my 27th birthday on my birthday I started um, to poop blood and this is actually something it took me a long time to even talk about these things but it started uh, like that and I was just like oh my god what is happening I've always been a person like when I'm stressed uh, I get stomach uh, stomach aches and upset yeah and symptoms from my stomach yeah and at that time, uh, my second daughter was four months old. So I was a new mom, I was breastfeeding and everything and everything was great. But this thing started to happen in, and it got even worse. And it was very much, I needed to go to the hospital and be stay at the hospital uh, several times. Uh, and it became that bad Like I was pooping blood so much, even even during nighttime. So I was exhausted and yeah, I was literally, I was feeling so, so down, both physically and mentally and everything. And um, the medicine, I took cortisone Mm -hmm. to, uh, yeah, it was just like, I got all the the side effects of that and the moon phase and i was literally i was feeling pretty bad about that situation so uh, it went on and this was yeah this was going on for a half year mm. so from march to september it went on and i was exhausted and uh Uh, one thing also I needed to stop breastfeeding which was something I really had looking forward to with the second child I didn't enjoy it as much with my first uh, daughter so I needed just to have all the energy myself I need the doctors told me to to stop breastfeeding and that was I, I I didn't yeah it was yeah, upsetting right yeah yeah uh, yeah upsetting yeah
0: because was that was due to the medications or they were worried that you had become like anemic or some other things were going on yeah. for you that it was too much calorie burn too
1: yeah 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 so um half year later uh when I went to the doctor and we were talking about what are we going to do I had two options and one was to um surgery to remove my whole colon or to try out this new kind of medicine and of course I wanted to try try out this new medicine which meant I I needed to get an uh, intravenous medicine every eight weeks and that literally changed my life. Uh, They said I should be seeing results in about two weeks but um in two days and i stopped poop blood and you know though i have until that i had poop blood for a half year oh, so no. yeah yes. so it was really magical but then but but that was the starting point of uh, start building a whole new life for me and and um but i i kept thinking I had very much these kinds of limiting beliefs that I can't do that because of this disease. Because of this disease, I I need to live like this. And yeah, these kinds of thoughts. Were so you working to...
0: as a, um, were you working through this whole time as a nurse or had, were you able to have time off or how was,
1: I was on maternity leave, um, back then, but I start, I was planning to start working. So I, I started working when she was about 10 months. Um, uh, I think something like that. So, um, I started working, but, um, things weren't, I didn't feel like I was living my life. Uh, it felt more like I was living the life you're supposed to live like yeah. i I had a wonderful husband. I still have a wonderful husband and a beautiful house and the kids and everything, and I work to to go to so but still, I felt like no, there's something else here, and all. All the victimhood around the disease, I was so sick of it, and I kept. I started to think that there must be something else here, some other possibilities. Uh, and just with that shift of mindset, things started to happening, and I came across coaching and started to work with a coach, uh, and uh, and yeah so that was that opened up a whole new world for me and i i uh, started a, a blog blogging about my disease but also the positive uh, more like in a positive positive vibes around it and helping others um, and you are
0: bringing awareness to cuz because you know, 27 years old, I think that's what you said their your age was at the time. I mean, that's very young. And um, I can see how some people like if, if what happened to you happened to someone that was 67 or 77, they would have probably been to the doctor in a hot minute because they would have been like, Oh my gosh, I'm so old. Like what's happened or older. I'm what's happening to me, you know, but Maybe you thought it would like pass because you were younger, or maybe also you thought you could um, kind of work through it. And you know, your body was obviously much stronger than, say, someone that gets this. But it, is this a common age that ulcerative colitis comes out? Is it the 20s and 30s? Is that true, or is there
1: a certain yeah, age? It depends. I think it depends. Um, you can have it as a teenager as well. So it's not. Um, I can't tell exactly in in which ages, but my doctors told me it could be because I've been giving birth um, two times in very short period and also uh, building a house and, and everything. So some kind of stre- stress factor was...
0: Uh, was like a catalyst
1: uh, to yeah, it. Okay. Yeah.
0: And I wanted to go back before we go forward on... Your now, because I think that it could probably help someone listening. This victimhood and getting stuck in a, de- a diagnosis. I have this. I am this. Um, so it's sort of like I had, you know, GERD and irritable. But I had all those things. Uh, fatigue. You know, all the sleep problems, waking but it didn't define me. Those were things that I have, but I see that when people get like a like a bigger diagnosis too, they become, it can go one way or the other. It's either going to hopefully, ideally, it would inspire you to kind of push through and, and move through, but I know that there's so many facets to it and it can be depressing and emotional, And you can feel like I just want to lay in the bed, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about, did you, I mean, did you anchor onto something in particular that kind of pushed you through or to seeking more treatment and getting through it? And, um, or, you know, did you have someone influential that kind of helped you or how did what kind of what did that look
1: like for well, you yeah I felt kind of lonely and I think nowadays when when there's so much more medicine and awareness around this disease uh things that it has happened so much and uh, the awareness and um the doctors know so much more nowadays than 10 years ago so um I was. I felt lonely, and I didn't get. I felt like I didn't get the help I I needed, needed and wanted. So, because for me, I felt like being on cortisone doesn't uh, solve anything for me in the long run. So I was very happy about this new medicine mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: and everything. But I think because all of the emotional stress I was going through during that time with uh, having a baby and and everything. So I was mentally, uh, I didn't have the um, strength. So I I went down in this victimhood, like, and I got, yeah, I, I wasn't angry, but probably I was angry at, at, some point and it affected relationships and and my mood and and everything. So I couldn't see things, find a solution then. So um, yeah, where were we? (laughs) What was your question?
0: Yeah, just like, was there any sort of, you know, that shift to, you know, move through like this victimhood state, or like it's almost like a grieving state with a diagnosis, um, especially one that there's no endpoint to, right? So, you know, you get a diagnosis of migraines, potentially there might be an endpoint to that. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Or, you know, you have a heart attack, usually there's like an endpoint to it as far as like it's an event. Um, Same with a stroke or, you know, even though there might be sequelae, but like when you have a chronic condition, um, you know, we could throw in there MS, ALS, um, you know, ulcerative colitis, Crohn, psoriasis, eczema, you know, we could throw in a lot Mm -hmm. of things and I'm missing probably uh, several others, but they have periods of flare and then everything's quiet. Mm -hmm. And, and the way in keeping it quiet has a little bit more, and we'll kind of go into that, like keeping the flares with more gaps have a lot to do with like what you're eating and how your lifestyle is and the changes you make in your stress levels and and so on. So I was wondering when you, um, if you have any tips on someone that may be still in this, like, this is my, this is how I cannot believe this is forever. Like maybe though it's
1: not. Mm yeah well, uh, for me it was the acceptance uh, to work on the acceptance. okay, so this, I have this, but I am not my disease. and I I needed to go um, I needed to forgive the disease, like, okay, but I won't let it identify me. So that is uh, something that happened during during a time and then, yeah, I think I started to see things more clearly and more possibilities. Uh, and uh, yeah, I didn't feel I didn't feel as sick uh, anymore just by um, accepting that. Okay, this is it.
0: And you have tools, and you're gaining more tools, right? Yeah. So you have the tools of an infusion now. You have the tools of. Uh, You know, you worked a lot on what you're eating and making a lot of changes that way. You had tools of um, breast relaxation, movement. But then I want to talk about this one tool that is like all about your story because I think this is such a, this is going to be a super unpopular thing to some people for me to say. But you got to look at your job and you have to look at like your career. And even if you spent, I don't even know how much money to become what you became and you are sick and you are super stressed out. You either have to figure out, um, and this is a hard thing and I can speak to it because I personally have lived it too. I used to work five days a week. I used to work, you know, even four tens. I now work about three and a half days a week as a PA. And there's an absolute reason behind it. It's not because there isn't a job for me five to seven days a week. It's not because there aren't patients to see five to seven days a week. I have to guard my health, you know, like a, like a lion, really. (laughs) And I think this is kind of where you were, where it wasn't like you didn't enjoy being a nurse anymore. It's just, you had to figure out, like you wanted to help people and continue to help people. But tell us a little bit about how you felt like coaching would be a match for you and how you could even pivot to because I'm sure there was also a thought, because then someone's listening to this and they're thinking, great Jen, great Sandra, I'm glad you guys made some shift, but like I need to make money and I'm making money working my five days a week. Like how how did you end up like doing a little bit of shuffling to even make it work?
1: Yeah, so I came across coaching, I came across coaching uh, during my own healing process when I when I met a coach and uh, that is also something that uh, here in Finland um, and in Scandinavia coaching is um, I think you are more familiar in the states uh, with coaching it's Mm -hmm. it's a new newer thing here so back in 2014 when I came across coaching, it was quite new. Um, so uh, I started to look at it and and um, working with my own coach. I was just like, "Oh my god, this is something I want to do as well with helping people this way." So I started training as a nurse and no, as a coach and um, opened up up my my. Uh, company in 2015 uh, and started coaching right away because I already had all the skills with being a nurse helping people helping so it was all about life coaching and uh, I started that way uh, as a side hustle of course uh, Mm -hmm. in the beginning and, and yeah so that is how it started to just simply uh, when I realized I want to be the one who decides when I am working and, and how much I want to work, be my own boss.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, I liked the thing that I became my own leader of my own life. Like that is uh, something that's that was uh, driving me forward.
0: Right, and no one can yeah, ever so... take away. And I know that part of this is. Um you know, a lot of people are risk adverse and they get, they want to make sure that, you know, and there is a little bit of risk with it, but also no one's ever going to come and take away all the experience and the nursing education you have. You will always carry that with you. And it is always there. um, Should you want to go back to whatever. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I always feel like, you know, we're not saying like throw everything out and just jump right in. I do think it's smart for people to test some things, maybe do mm-hmm. some things, um, you know, one or two days a week and kind of begin that way. But then when you, but there, but you also came across a point where you kind of wanted to jump and do it full time and really, um, you know, be there also more so for your for your clients. Um, and then you did that recently, right? In the last.
1: Yeah, I did. And I, I tried it also. Um... Uh, so this one, uh, I have tried it, but I failed. And that is, if if something is motivational for someone, it's like even though you take that jump or that step, uh, you need to realize and understand that you you are not closing any doors. There are always you can always go back. Uh, and it was with that intention back then I I did it. So. Um, yeah, so, um, it didn't work out and then I went back, um, uh, and, uh, tried to, I, I needed to, um, uh, reorganize mm-hmm. things and right. stuff and even, even digging deeper in myself and what it is I actually want and who I want to help, uh, um. Uh, and yeah. how
0: you want to help them versus exactly
1: yeah. and yeah and the thing is also because I got pregnant with our third child so life happens and <laughs> things happen but if you have the um, mindset and the attitude like I'm gonna try this out it no one's gonna die yeah <laughs> everything everything will work out and um, yeah I love that. I think that's such a
0: great tip too, because I have definitely done businesses that failed for sure. And part of it is um, failing forward, failing, almost like embracing the fail so that you can pivot and move forward and do something that maybe you were supposed to do all along, but you didn't, you had to go through these other things yeah, to get the one door, to, to get the door to open that you're maybe going through currently.
1: Exactly. And I wouldn't be here uh, today doing what I do uh, with this. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't that experience. Yeah, that's I, for sure.
0: I love it. So tell us a little bit. So right now and um, your business that you do full time, you help coaches other coaches, right, and people, um, you know, who are getting their, you know, business established, right, to sort of not have to go through quite as many hoops as you did, or maybe even I did. I wish I had had you when I started, because that would have cut some serious time off for me, but um, tell us a little bit about what specifically um, you help people with, or um, what types of clients you've been helping.
1: Yeah, so today, I, I help coaches, trainers, healers, um, uh, teachers uh, with their businesses, growing their businesses uh, through uh, visibility. So uh, I work as an online visibility coach where I I basically help these women uh, to get their message in front of more people uh, in an authentic way. So it's pretty much taking embrace marketing and and become comfortable with being visible, um, showing their faces and what they want and what they need to be, what they need to do do so they can grow their businesses and get more clients.
0: I love that. Yeah, it sounds like, um, you know, you definitely, you know, sometimes it's not. I know people um, always say, like, oh, you know, you're so successful so quickly. And it's usually like, well, I was like an overnight success in about 13 years. So I kind of have this running joke. Um, even when it comes to the podcast, I'm like, yeah, it'll be an overnight success in 13 years because part of it is just showing up, doing the best job you can you know, obviously staying connected to your own purpose and mission and helping as many people as you can along the way. And I definitely think that you're um, doing that. So I just really applaud you and taking, um, I'm excited to see uh, more from you with this, um, you know, with your experience with your, um, you know, kind of turnaround in general, I think um, a medical Kind of wake up call. I mean, it's it's how I changed a lot of things. We always want to hold, we always hope to reach people before they have to go through some major wake up call. But some that's sometimes just the way it is, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, if somebody wants to connect with you more, and they're listening, and they're like, okay, I'd like to just kind of see um, more of what you do to help. Um, you know, coaches in particular. If, if you're listening to this and you are a coach, you could check out her um, online site or website and then you are pretty active on Instagram what's your handle there
1: uh Sandra Lindholm stretch oh my god strategy strategy, yes. strategy. <laughs>
0: yeah. and you're bilingual or how many languages do you speak is it more than uh, two? Fin-
1: uh swedish is my first uh, and then That's i right. speak finnish also and um and english so okay oh so, yeah yeah
0: so you can there you're um able to help uh a lot a number of people
1: for sure yeah and uh, sorry i just because pronouncing sandra lindholm i you're pronouncing sandra lindholm differently here in finland so now when i was <laughs> going to this is so
0: how am i going to
1: yeah sorry about that
0: no that's really great so tell us how you pronounce your name in finland because i think that'd be interesting
1: do you think that's funny yeah yeah i know but i want to
0: hear yeah sandra, sandra.
1: Uh-huh. Sandra Lindholm.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it's not. It's just more of a rolling of. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's great because actually, you never know who might be listening, and um, they'll be like, "Yeah, that's how you say it, Jen." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So good. So thank you so much for being here. And um, if you were to give, uh, I think just before we close up, you know, if you were going to give someone like one tip to you know, kind of get themselves from maybe they are sort of stuck in this swirl of doubt and uncertainty. Like what would be your one tip for someone who is looking or has, it feels that pull, like you were feeling, but didn't know what to do first. Um, what would you suggest would be like your, you know, maybe one or two top things that you would seek out, um, in order to help you make the decision to do the thing that you feel pulled to do yeah
1: that that would be trust that better days are coming Mm -hmm. um and believe in your ability to to uh, to change and be more of the leader of your own life and that i know that could feel that feel feels huge but with ease start choosing with ease like what am i what do i want to do how do i want to feel and start looking for those opportunities because they will show up just by um just by accepting that life can be funnier and easier
0: I love that. That's perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Jen. This was awesome. Thank you.